Brian Edson. You crushed it. Hey, welcome. Another episode of the Music Guy podcast. A couple guys in the music industry doing our thing. My name is Al Rowe, guitarist, singer-songwriter, record producer, mixing engineer, dude who plays music. Uh, coming at you from Toronto, Ontario, in the uh, East Danforth kind of area. My friend, co-host, guitarist, vocalist, producer, recording engineer, good friend, and fellow. His name is Michael Hebbs. Welcome. Welcome to the program. I feel welcomed. I'm representing the uh, West End, you know, uh, Etobicoke, Lakeshore area. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a weird area because like the houses that I'm renting near our house is like okay, but they're very wealthy and very nice. And then you just go up the street and then you'll see a dude at like two AM just walking without shoes in winter, just like out of his mind on whatever. You know? It's it's sick. Did you ever see there was a Netflix documentary called Don't F with Cats? I didn't. I do want to see it though. So it was about the whole Luca Magnata story, which yes. is a very messed up and tragic thing that happened. Um, but anyway, it's from the perspective of a couple of people who were like trying to find out who he was and like catch him. Mm. Um, and um, they were from the U.S. And he was in Etobicoke at some point and they story tracked him out. to Etobicoke and they, 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 they called it Etobicoke. <laughs> it's spelled fucking wild. I mean, to be fair, it's like impossible to know how to pronounce that, but I thought that was yes. really funny. Yes. And like nobody nobody corrected it, you know, like yep. on the documentary. Because like Canada's like not real to people in, in the US, so they, they don't they're like whatever. Yeah. It's really cold up here. It I don't was, know what uh, that has to do with anything, but it was really funny. So yeah. that's what stuck with me from that program. Um well, welcome, folks. Uh, as always, if you want to support the show, you can uh, go ahead and spread the word, spread the good word via, you know, literal word of mouth. That's a good way of doing it. Or uh, on social media, if you want to share our Instagram post at Music Guy Podcast, if you want to share those to your story, or maybe message, DM them, slide into someone's DMs with a little, with a hot uh, post from Music Guy Podcast. We would appreciate Send it that to as well. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah. And his tequila associates. There you go. I'm gonna uh, do that each week. I'm gonna suggest a different person to send it to, and hope that one 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 week somebody actually does it. That'd be that'd be awesome, actually. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. do it. So send it to Dwayne. Send it to Dwayne, and then screenshot the conversation, and then send it to us. Yes, because we smell so, what he's cooking. So we can smell exactly what's cooking. Yeah. Um. Anyways, we've got a topic for you today. Uh, I brought this topic in and it's about vocal production. I've got five tips for better vocal production. We'll probably think of some more as we, uh, as we go here, but I've just been, I've been working on a lot of vocals, uh, recording a lot of vocalists lately. So I thought, uh, it'd be cool to talk about some of this stuff. I know Mike, you were just, uh, finished recording vocals, uh, for an artist. Um, what, tell us a little bit about that project. It's uh, me and my roommate, Johnny. It's our first time working together, and it's really good. And, uh, you know, first time using that that nice acoustically treated room that we built. It's nice. Um, but uh, it's turned out really good. Uh, nice. 
we're just sinking so much time into it, which is all I've ever wanted. <laughs> Enjoying was, the process. That's not even sar- sarcastically. That's no, no. just like, I just want something to waste, not waste my time, but just put all my attention into because I have far too much time on my hands. Well, it's something to get immersed in, man. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be that into a project and just be like, yeah, I'm just sinking all this time. It's great. Um, so these these are a little bit less on the technical side, these these tips. And we can definitely come up with a bunch of those. But I know, you know, folks who've been listening to this podcast know about room treatment. They know about good microphone, pl- placing it in a good spot, you know, getting yeah. the vocalist right up on there. Not getting it maybe, uh, too close like this. Maybe using that the, the Aston and Halo or whatever to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shield a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think I think all that stuff, you know, has been talked about a lot. I just want to talk about some other stuff that has really helped um me with uh with some of the recordings that I've been working on. Um so the first couple, anyways, are really more like performance or um almost like in a uh, actually write down a songwriting technique Mm. uh so you do have to kind of be gentle with these ones because artists you know spent a lot of time and energy writing their songs and if you're coming at them with a lot of lyric changes it's not something that um you want to be super heavy-handed about you want to kind of be like hey look can we just try you know maybe this instead after you've gotten a few passes of the way they had it um because a lot of the time, the way they had it is the way it should be. Um, sure. There's a lot of times where I've, I've been like, oh, let's try this other lyric. And I'm literally, I'm like, let's try it. I don't know if it's going to be good or not. That's, That's what I the say. right approach, though. Let's try. Let's with try. creative things. There's Can no, we just try this? I, I don't know. Yeah, you there's know? no like, no, we're not going to do that. If you yeah. don't then I just try it. Doesn't work, great. Who gives a shit? And so, you know, you listen back to it and you, you just, everybody sort of hears it. It's usually pretty clear what is working what is not sometimes you'll be working with an artist that's got a bit of the old demoitis or if if they were like mm. the principal songwriter of the song they're going to be really attached they've been listening to it a lot they've been thinking about it a lot they're going to be very sort of used to the way that it sounds and it can be a little bit difficult to turn uh someone on to sort of a different way of hearing it but um you know, it's all part of the process, and sometimes, sometimes it, you you know, it just doesn't work out that way, and that's okay. Um, because at the end of the day, like it, it is about the artist achieving their vision. So, yeah, I just want to throw that disclaimer out there. I'm I'm fortunate that I work with a team. So usually, if like three or four of us are all sort of like, yo, this is so much better. It's a lot easier to sort of convince um, yeah. an artist who's maybe a little bit like hesitant. They're like, oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to change that, and we're all like, yo, this is so much better. Like, it sounds so much yeah. better, blah blah. And then the, you know, they they get into it. Not always though. Sometimes they're like, no, I really want to keep it the way it is. Totally cool. Um, so a little disclaimer there. Uh, this is a a big one for me though. This first tip: cut out small words like and, but, so. Those are the most common ones. Uh, any sort of little two or three letter word that like doesn't actually do anything for the um the lyric it doesn't actually add any meaning and you would you would be surprised how uh often you can trim words like this and it, it not only does it not 
make the lyric less meaningful. It can actually make it more meaningful. Um, so I have a very silly example. Uh, I'm so excited. I don't know if this is going <laughs> to, I don't know if this is going to be, um, this is going to translate, but like, so imagine the song, uh, imagine the song Miss You by the Rolling Stones, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've been holding out so long, and I've been sleeping on the lawn, and Lord, I miss you, right? Uh-huh. You can imagine that, that somebody coming in and singing that, right? Yes. But if you take all those words out, I've been holding out so long, I've been sleeping all alone, Lord, I miss you. The song, I mean. That's a great know, example. That's, that's the way the song is. Like I'm not saying yeah. that that's what it was before, but like. It's just something that sprung to mind. It's like you could fill those little areas, those little pauses. You could fill those with words. And I think that singers uh, and songwriters often want to fill. And actually not even just singers and songwriters. Any musician wants to fill all the space with notes all the time. Right? Guitarists. All you guitarists out there. Playing all those fucking notes. Yeah. So it can be um, really tempting when you're when you're singing or, or writing a song to just, it's like, well, there's a, there's a little space there. I could put a word there. And then what ends up happening is um, not only are you sort of like clouding the real important words that you want to say mm-hmm. with a bunch of sort of extra stuff around them, but you're also like, you know, a vocalist will go th- take a pass to their song and they're like, they're like on the floor by the end of it, gasping for breath. I'm like, well, yeah, sure. you had no time to breathe ever because every spot has a word in it. It's like, let's. But let's Al, take- I thought that breathing and singing are completely unrelated. Yeah, yeah. one has yeah. nothing to do with the other. So you know, take take those little words out, uh, and so sometimes I, that can leave room for a breath, which uh, it can be a good selling point too. Vocalists will like that, um, but also. Yeah, the message can be clearer, can be more direct of the lyrics, and mm. it also help the song groove better. Um, it's, you know, and we'll talk about groove in just a little bit, but like, if you've got all these little words in, in kind of weird spaces, uh, sometimes that can sort of detract from like the main rhythmic pulse of the song. Um, so anyway, food for thought, it doesn't always work. <clears throat> And that none of these are absolutes. Like sometimes you're like, well, you know, that this the word and doesn't need to be here, but it's cool that it's here. You and know, she's it buying just, it's, her stairway it, to heaven. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. So sometimes it just works. Um, or it's like it's on a cool melody note and it's like, yeah, so you just leave it alone. You know, you don't need to comb through every lyric of every song that you're working on and be like, well, we have to cut all of these out. It's just when you're hearing... A, a line being sung and you're like man like it's just it, something something weird's going on that's one of the first things i look for is like is there a little word we can trim out if i feel like mm. there's and something you're saying that, before recording or even during recording like we're doing yeah. a few passes of the verse i'm like can we try that without the word and in it like just see what happens you know all the time size 2020 man all i should have cut it so many words i mean you can also Ooh, do it in editing aggressive. but that yes. can be uh, less effective because sometimes it like you know can, sometimes it can change the entire phrase to take yeah. a word out. All of a sudden you've got all this other room for for more um, yeah more words. So kind of bleeding into the second idea here, which is 
try to phrase the vocal on the eighth note pulse. This is for like pop music, country music, um, North American popular music, rock, like you name it. Uh, the eighth note, sometimes it's the 16th note if it's like a song that's very 16th notey, but most songs are, are eighth notes, right? One, yeah. Two, yeah, yeah. If the song's slow four. enough, then it, it's 16th. Sorry, so I'm like sniffing into the mic. This is very pleasant to listen to, is it? Uh, not, no, not really. I'm going to have to <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm a professional, man. So just another thing that I'll sort of look for. It's like, you know, if, if a line's just not hitting for some reason, I don't know how to describe that. You know, I just get, I'm listening to it. I just get a little twinge. I'm just like, something's, something's not happening here. Um, and sometimes you can feel it from the artist too. Sometimes like they're not yes. singing. They, 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 oh, I can't hit this note or I can't get this word they they can't hit at the right time or they're they're getting frustrated with it it's like sometimes it's just like can we simplify this maybe it's yeah. you know maybe it's going to serve the song better and it's going to feel better to sing it too right so sort of phrasing it on the eighth note um is something that i look for sometimes there's a lot of like you know pushes too um which just means like kind of on the on the end of the beat one and two and three and yeah. Two and, yeah and two and three and and it's like it that's that can be a cool feel but it can also be you know if you're if your notes are sort of on the beat rather than off the beat sometimes that can sort of fix some of those um issues of just feeling like oh that's kind of kind of weird um so just food for thought have you ever sort of used any of these do you have anything See, to expand I, on this I, I have it but i'm very intrigued because i actually did have a few things where me and Johnny were changing things and we did make it almost less like syncopated in a way. But right. it, it was eighth notes, but uh, you know what I mean? It was, it was, we weren't, we weren't doing like the dotted eighth note 16 thing, essentially anything like mm -hmm. that. We're like, no, we got to get rid of that. So instinct, instinct just told us yeah. what you were talking about. And that's, that's, you got to trust that because it's a, it's again, this doesn't always work, but it's something that I do look for when I feel like it's, it, it something's off you know yeah um and the, the other thing that this can allow you to do as well is to like um decompress like a very fast phrase you sure. know uh, i don't have an example off the top of my head but like you you know uh, there's a situation where like the vocalist sings you know a ton a ton of words really quickly and then there's like two or three beats of of nothing after that and it's like what if we just slowed down that phrasing and like used some of that space. I know I said we don't have to fill all the space all the time, yeah. but when you go, you know, na 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 and then nothing for a bit, it's like, can we like, you know, spread that out a little bit and use some of that extra space that we have. So um, that can help as well. Cause if, if the, if the singer's on the 16th notes a lot uh, and the song is really more of a one and two and three and four and then yeah. I feel it's like, like some of those things you know, where you'll know it when you hear it too. Now that you've said yeah. that to me, I'm I'm totally gonna hear that a bunch and just be like, oh, this is one of those songs where we really need to get rid of those like dotted eighth notes or just like weird sixteenth notes. Blueberry. Did did you ever do that for rhythms in school? Blueberry. So they would use like words to do rhythm. So blueberry is like an eighth note and two sixteenth notes. Oh. Like watermelon is four sixteenth notes. Watermelon. That's how I, I like teach that. rhythms to kids. That's very clever. Yeah. 
with fruits. I'm a good teacher. Give me with water. fruits. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. I've never I didn't make that. it up. Um. So those are two sort of arrangement, composition, songwriting, whatever you want to say, kind of ideas. Just again, just stuff to try. Um, another one. This one's a little bit technical, but it's kind of in the same ballpark. Uh, and this is when you're recording backup vocals in pop. Uh, you want to avoid the diminished fifth interval in mm. your backup vocal stacks. Uh, and this is a little. This is going to get a little music theory. So forgive me, but um, the this, Simpsons this interval. Is, pardon me. The Simpsons interval. Uh, That's right. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you want to, you want to. This is just one where like people hear it back, and they're just, and everybody's face kind of like does the like, yes, the stank, the Something's not the good off. stank look, you know. Um, so the way that this tends to come up is the lead vocal is singing on the two, right? So sure. if you're in the key of of C, I should probably get my guitar here. Um, so if you're in the key of C, right, and the vocal's singing on a D, um, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, the the natural inclination is to put a harmony on top of that. That's sort a third. of a third away, yeah. right? Which would give you an F, the fourth. Yeah. And then what happens is if you put if you put uh, a note. Uh, a third below it, you get a B. Yeah. Which is the seventh. And then you end up with this. I don't know if people can even hear this. Um, I can hear it. You end up with this diminished triad with a, with a diminished fifth interval in it. So the way you avoid that is by, instead of uh, when the, the lead vocals on the second, instead of using the fourth as your harmony, use the fifth. Mm. It's going to sound a little bit unusual um by itself but then when you add that bottom one in you get a major triad and that sounds way better yeah so well and also too it depends on what chord you're on right like i think that yes almost the diminished thing happens as a result of people singing harmonies in relation to what notes are happening and not in relation to what chords are happening like if, if you're playing a g chord in that case that would be you know you're playing the d and then if you sing the F over that, it's like, well, that is that technically works. It makes it like G7, but really you should be singing the root over that. You know what I mean? You're absolutely yeah, right. No, I'm super guilty of that. Uh, and uh, Holt actually caught me on that, my bass player buddy. Uh, oh, yeah. When we were doing, I was MDing something, and he's like, oh, you're singing a bunch of diminished things. And I was like, oh, you're right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, imagine well, that Holt then, being right. right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Imagine him being um, bald. Uh, so, Ooh, yeah, old. and I think it's, um, yeah, it's just something to look out for. For for whatever reason, like when, when you're in vocal harmony land, it's it can be really hard to like, I find it really hard to like remember um, what chord we're on and like what note it yes. should be. And sometimes you're just like going with what sounds good or feels yes. good at the time. And you're also like, if you're not singing the harmonies yourself, if the artist is singing it, and they'll be like, "Oh, I have a part," and then they they go in there and do it. And a lot of a, a lot of and look, I'm not trying to say I'm 
better than anybody else. I make mistakes all the time, but like a lot of vocalists will just they'll just hit a note that's a third higher because that's just that's like, what's natural what, to them. That's yeah. what's natural, right? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, but we want to put a low part in. It's like, okay, well now we've painted ourselves into a corner because the low part is going to be, you know, this or whatever. So just a little bit of planning ahead as the producer. Again, you can grab that part and you say, hey, can you also sing this note? Because I think this yeah. might also work in this other situation. And then, um, so just as as the producer, you can kind of look ahead and and try to foresee uh, this happening. It doesn't always, it's not always something you can foresee. Sometimes you're in Melodyne later, you just shift things around because you can and it's fine. But um, yeah, like you said, Mike, you, you want to be aware of what the chord is and make sure that the notes are, I, are jiving there. I feel like also too, for me, that always ends up being after the fact. It's like, oh, this harmony's not working. Why? It's like, okay, well, what chord is happening there? Oh, it's a mm-hmm. G chord? Or like, say for instance, um, you know, the case in which you would want to sing an F over that D is if you're playing D minor. A D minor yes. chord fits in C major, right? But you wouldn't be playing, you wouldn't sing a third below the D. You'd be singing a fourth below the, the D, which is A. That's right. um, and once again, like I feel like it's always best when it's natural. So it's like do what comes naturally to you. But then when you know you're like, there for some reason that's not working. It's like, well, look at the chord. What chord is happening? Oh shit, we're playing a yeah. D minor there. Shouldn't be singing a B unless you're going for that minor six. <laughs> unless you're yeah, doing jazz, that, that ain't gonna work. There is a, there are always exceptions, and again, this is not a rule, but this is another thing where it's like, oh, that that harmony sounds really weird. Mm. Oftentimes that's why. So if you're if you're if you're finding yourself in that spot, and I just I find that so many melodies in pop nowadays are they love to sit on the two because it sounds really awesome over every chord. Uh, that's fair, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just it's got a lot of it's got a lot of like m- m- uh, motion to it. The 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 second degree like sitting on that. So um, I just find it comes up a lot. So. If you want to do a three-part thing, just be aware of that. Uh, and if none of that made sense to you, that's fine. Just use your ear and <laughs> use your ear, and then talk to your buddy who knows music theory. It'll probably, it'll probably be fine, anyways. Um, yeah. So the next two I have are a little bit more on the like computery technical mm. side. Um, the first one is a Melodyne thing. So if you're not a Melodyne user. Uh, this may not apply, but I think I'm a Waves if you're, Tune guy. Yeah, if you're a Waves Tune guy, you know, just just, just hit that don't button do and music walk away. Anymore. Yeah, just yeah. quit music and yeah, just quit. You know, um, light your hard drives on fire and uh, see you later. Um, no, but if you're using a, a pitch correction software, everybody should be using a pitch correction software that actually gives you control over what you're doing. Sure. Right? You, sh- you don't want an auto. Anything auto is is not good. Even like Antares Auto Tune is not auto. Yeah. Like it has a manual. That's um, exactly it. Function. Yeah, that's what I was and just like about to say. You you use that. So when you're using it, um, you want to leave the outer ends of each note alone, essentially. So like, if I'm uh, tuning a note in Melodyne. If I just need to move the whole thing up or down a little bit, I'll move the whole thing. But as soon as I start editing something like the pitch modulation, which is oh, like yeah. how much vibrato is there, or like if they kind of warbled on the note a little bit, and I just want to flatten that out um, so that it's in tune, like I really like the way they sung it, it's just like a 
yeah. little warble in the voice when I can get rid of that, I can just iron that out. But if I iron out the whole note, including the outer ends, the start of the note and the fin- and the end of the note, um, that's when it becomes really noticeable. So that's what you want to do is you want to yeah. cut, you want to make little cuts in Melodyne or whatever your software is so that you're only affecting the middle area, the held area of the note. Once you start sort of putting too much uh, tuning on the front or the end of the note and like the consonants and the sort of the, the inflection and all that stuff on the note, that's when you really can tell that something's been done. And anytime I'm doing tuning, it's almost always I'm trying to make it sound like I didn't do any tuning. I, that's exactly uh, I mean, one of the so things that that's has been helpful that. for me on this project is we we did a bunch of takes and I just made sure that like literally every phrase that we did, we had like most words in tune. So it was that's like... A great, well, that's a great way to start. Yeah. Yeah. So when I edited it, I was like, there's no melody on this. What do you think of this vocal take? And it was, the artist was like, yeah, it sounds great. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Because then you're working with something that doesn't need a lot of... Of attention to begin with. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so if you're processing in that way where you're sort of, you're flattening, flat, flattening is not a good word because it means something else musically. But if you're just trying to sort of control the pitch and make it consistent. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Flattening out that that pitch line. You don't uh, want to flatten out the transition. You want to flatten out the, just the, the note, essentially. Because yeah, yeah. that's where you're going to get that notching kind of stepping effect as well as if you're like flattening out the whole note as it steps to another note. Yes. Um, that's where you get the uh, T-Pain thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you want that, that's how you get it. But Get auto-tune, uh, though. That's, that's the or sound. Or you just, the just case slam where you it want with auto-tune. actual auto-tune, yeah. T-Pain um, can actually sing really well. Did you know that? I've heard. I've heard yeah. he can, I've heard he yeah, can really he's rock he's a really it. good singer. It's just he got associated it. with that sound, and he's pretty bummed out about it. Uh, well, bummed out over the money. bank. Fuck yeah. you, T-Pain. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Um, so that was that. Oh yeah, and um, so, sort of a similar thing. Like tuning doesn't really matter as much on short notes. Sure. When you're adding a vocal, you don't need you don't need every single blob in melodyne or pitch line in you your pitch grid. Perfectly on. Not, not everything needs to be on the grid, right? So like, use yeah. your ears. Don't use your eyes. Yeah, because the um, measuring metrics are sometimes off. Like yes. The thing sometimes when it says, oh, just, this is seven sharp, it's like, well, that's because the start of the note's really sharp, and then the rest yeah. of the note's perfectly in tune. And it's like, if you bring that up to, if you bring that down to flat, then the starting note is going to be a little bit too sharp, and the note after that is going to be a little bit too flat, you know? Totally. Sometimes will work, you know, but sometimes it won't. Well, just sometimes don't trust it does, anyone. Don't trust Sometimes computers. it doesn't even hear it right, too, yeah. right? Like, often it's i mean the software is very good but sometimes yeah. it doesn't hear it right and you're just like man if i just slide that a little bit sharp it just sounds good or it's or it's being sung against a guitar or a piano that's not yes. perfectly in tune yes. so it's just like well it needs to be a little bit sharp to to fit with this chord and also that the thing that we talked about tuning is over certain chords certain notes want to be sharp and certain notes want to be flat that's so true. someone like a singer like out like that's why i say i bet you the best people at Melodyne are singers. You know what I mean? I, I bet you the, the people who do it like at the highest levels are singers just because mm, could be. you guys are always worrying about tuning. You know what I Very mean? Competitive. Very there competitive. There you go. <laughs> Only singers yeah. can do it. Um, we'll throw back to last episode there. Uh, 
So that was that. Yeah. So don't don't worry too much about tuning on small notes. It's really just held areas of notes where yeah. tuning matters uh, a ton. You're going to really notice it. If you're not noticing it, don't don't change it. It's fine. Yeah. Um. So that's a little Melodyne trick for you there. The final one I got for you before we sort of maybe fade off into the ether. fade off or or start riffing on other ideas. So this is, I'm calling it the sliding technique. This is a Pro Tools thing. I don't know if you can do this in other DAWs. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you what I do, okay? So let's say I'm editing. This would be so much easier to do like on video, but I'm going to try to explain anyways. So let's say I'm editing uh, a vocal pass. I'm comping, okay? I've got two words, and I want those two words to be from different takes, right? Yes. That's easy. So I pull up, pull up the first word pull up the second word and there, you know, we're good to go. So, but sometimes the vocalist didn't sing those words like exactly in the same rhythm mm. relative to each other. Right. So maybe the first word, they sung it the same way both times. The second word, they didn't get to it till like a little bit later, um, maybe on the second one. So when you fly it up, it's like, there's that little area where, they started singing that second word and then your edit comes in and the second word that you want to put in there is there. So you get yes. that little double hit. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's okay. very frustrating. Hopefully this makes sense. So what I will do is I will take that second word that I'm trying to edit in. I'll drag it to the right a little bit. Just get it out of the way yeah. for a second. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to, and then I'll use the trim tool to pull forward on that, that previous, the, the take of the first word. Yeah. See where the second word was in that first word pass. Yes. And then I grab the new second word yes. and I slide it over. And Pro Tools does this thing where as you're sliding that region over, it still shows you the one you're sliding it on, on top of. So you can see them both at the same time. It's I like, you see. Know, an opaque thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I will just slide it until it literally visually lines up on top of. Also, you're preserving the original time field too. That's it. You're yeah. preserving the original time field. So now when you play that back, it's going to go smooth. Okay. So that's, maybe that's kind of obvious, right? But yeah. then what I'll, I, I take this a step further. So like if I'm doing a whole phrase and let's say it's, I, I run into this problem on the fourth word. It's like, okay, well, I didn't get to that fourth word as quickly. Um, but you know, the one I want to use, maybe the rest of the phrase I want to use, just not lining up. Mm. Right. Cause it, so what I'll do is I'll do that sliding thing and that might put the whole rest of that phrase out of time with the track mm-hmm. because I'm sliding it sort of away from its natural time feel. Right. So yeah. now it's, it's out of time with the, 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 the track. But if you listen to the vocal in solo, it sounds seamless because I literally, I slid it right into place on where they would have started singing that next word. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Hopefully, this is so hard to explain, not on video. So now it's out of time with the track, but that's okay because when I pull it into Melodyne, I can time correct it inside of Melodyne. Oh. And I find that that works better for me than trying to um, do any sort of time correction in the Pro Tools edit window. I would rather slide things around until they're, they feel natural from just listening to the vocal in solo. Yes. And then use the, the Melodyne time editing, which I find to be very powerful and effective and, and just, yeah. it just works really well. Then that's where I'll fix that. So um, it can be a little bit weird because you're, you're comping this vocal and like it's, it's like 
you know, a 30 second note out of time because like it just that's the way that it sounds most natural yes. coming out of the, the, the singer's mouth. Um, but then you fix the timing. That is melody. very slick. So um, because Pro Tools allows you to see. So the other way you could do this is by like using tab to transient. Yes. Um, and just like putting a break where the word starts and then grabbing the word you want you know, cut and paste on that, that, that break point, that would be a similar way of doing it because pro tools let you see as you're sliding the region over. I find that that's really effective to get it to sound, um, natural. That is very clever. I didn't know that the only other one that I have, and this is more for perspective. And I do this when I'm editing timing as well. I don't know how to do it as well in Melodyne. Actually, I don't really know how to do it in Melodyne in, um, in pro tools, when I'm editing like the timing of something, if I don't know what's making it feel out of time, I'll do the thing that you do where I like cut the, I put like a cut on both sides of the thing before it and I'll mute that. So I'm only hearing the part, you know? And like, so this makes more sense if I explain it in reference to a vocal and I can't do this in Melodyne as well. And I don't know how to do it. Like I don't delete it. I mute it. Can you, yes. can you mute notes in Melodyne, not delete them? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, because I was having this today where I'm like, I can't tell which is of the note is out of tune. Because I only, at, like you said, yeah. want to tune the note that's out of tune. Like, I don't want to add extra processing to something that maybe, you know, is not perfectly, quote unquote, robotically in tune, but it sounds fine. It's maybe the note right before it. As yeah. I will delete the note around it and just listen in reference to the one note. I'm like, is that out of tune? Is that the one that's giving me the feeling of like, oh, something sounds bad there. Um, That's a good idea, yeah. I wish I could mute it, though, because then I don't have to undo it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, I mean, you can in the new Pro Tools, you can, because you, you can mute the region and it, it actually responds in Melodyne. I but, still have to uh, bounce things into Melodyne to bounce them out of Melodyne yeah, on Pro Tools 11, like a fucking uh, peasant. Dude, I've, I was living that life for many years. Um. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, because surrounding notes that are out of tune can make, you know, the note you're focused on sound out of tune, even if it's in tune. Yeah, and it's like, well, I don't need to touch that then. Why would I apply processing there, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, probably overdo it, you know? It's true. That's a good point. I, I yeah, so trying to well. find the problem. Um, yeah, because it's all, your your perception of pitch is all based on, like, what you just heard. Yeah. To the next thing you heard. So the thing you just heard was out of tune. And then the next thing you, you hear is going to sound, if it's in tune, it's going to sound out of tune. Yep. And for me, sometimes it's just a matter of being like, which of these notes am I supposed to be tuning here? You know, like I yeah. know that one of them is off. It may be both of them are, but I, I'm not sure, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and that seems to help me. Uh, That's a good one. But I, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoy especially working with this project, I found that I enjoyed like the little things like editing and like nudging and all that stuff almost more than I enjoy the creative aspect of things. Cause there's an answer not like an answer, but there's a clearer, like, well, this is probably better, you know, whereas creative <laughs> stuff, it's just all fucking, it's all wishy washy. Well, there's creativity in the technical side as well. Absolutely. Different kind of different creativity game, I want. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll leave it there. Yeah. It was a nice little 
Nice little ramble. So, yeah, I don't know. My I turned my own brain into a pretzel trying to explain that last one, but hopefully it makes sense. Um, if you have any tips for production, you can let us know. Musicguypodcast at gmail.com for uh, vocal production or any uh, comments or questions you might have. You can contact us send there. Send us to Dwayne The Rock. Send it right send on our, over send to Send our him. Instagram posts to Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, at Podcast at Alro Music at Bruno The Meek. We love you. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>